You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so thrilled to introduce you to Mr. Stephen Brown from Fuse Creative. So, so many things about him that I can introduce, but I'm going to summarize it. Been at it for over 19 years, is not only the CEO and co-founder, but he works with the leadership team to kind of drive the vision. Clients have included CIBC, Hyundai, Canadian Tire, Air Miles, and Toronto 2015 Pan Am Games which is pretty awesome. He's quite involved as well with the CMA, the Canadian Marketing Association, for several years, taking on the role of chair of the board in 2015. He is currently the vice chair of Worldwide Partners, a network of 75-plus independent agencies from 40 countries. Outside of advertising, Stephen is currently the vice chair of Casey House, Canada's leading HIV-AIDS hospital. Stephen, thank you for making time for us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you. So, you got this crazy, awesome resume everywhere from CMA to some of the brands you worked with. But where did it all start? How did you get into this amazing world of advertising and or marketing? I'd love to say there was some grand plan, but there wasn't. The truth was I was, you know, I went off to university as many of us do, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I figured at least go get an education. And I had a summer job in the late 80s delivering mail at Pepsi. Pepsi's head office in Toronto, right at Bay and Yorkville, which is close to where we lived. So I had the hilarious job of, you know, walk up and down the, the aisles with carts, with the cart handing out stuff. But in that job, you meet everybody. Oh, yeah. You were that guy, though. You were literally the guy, guy with the cart handing stuff out back when mail was a huge thing. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> I had the job. So as a, you know, a 19, 20 year old, you're going through the office. I did it for two summers. Great, great job. I just looked at how this organization ran and I'm like, finance, not a chance. Procurement, really don't know what they did. They were called purchasing back then. Not into what they did, but engineering, not a chance, not qualified. Law, legal, not going to happen. Um, so anyway, but these advertising marketing people, first of all, they were really fun, creative, dynamic people who, by the way, I've run into millions of them over the years after. They would bribe me to stay late to get couriers out to London or New York and they would bribe me with swag concert tickets or to invite me to all sorts of parties. So I think it was just a natural alignment of my personality to work in a way more creative, dynamic, fast-paced type thing. So I just said, well, that looks really cool. And it was cool. It was the height of the Cola Wars. And so started to angle my education and my experience and stuff towards marketing and advertising. Then got to university, did some travel and stuff like that. And I couldn't get in. It was the early 90s and the recession was booming in Toronto. So as a Gen Xer, it was hard to get in. So I did the one-year postgraduate degree at Humber College. So I had the marketing on top of my Bachelor of Arts and got a job at this data company. And it was fascinating. My first three years in the business was a company called First Avenue. First three years, I learned hardcore about stats, data, Householder information, all sorts of stuff. My job was helping Pizza Huts figure out where the next store should be. And I mean, I was the grunt, but where the next uh, location should be, where restaurant, and also their delivery patterns for flyers. So hit the neighborhoods that are going to buy most. Now, I mean, I had other accounts in that, but I started with QSR. And, you know, you learn a lot of the fundamentals of the hardcore marketing. And that was what launched me. So now looking back today, do you still see some of the stuff you learned back then that you applied day to day or that you know it's evolved or is some of the principles that are really the same? I'll say this over throughout a month. 
the fundamentals don't change radically. How we deliver, how we connect with consumers has massively changed. People still live in houses, condos and apartments. So, you know, it is one of the anchoring zones to be able to find people. People still cluster a lot more now than they did during the pandemic. People still shop. And so the fundamentals of understanding, you know, who your target is, what their patterns are, the differences, you know, this concept of birds of a feather, those things haven't changed much. How we monitor the data, how we analyze the data, the fact that we have way more data than we even know what to do with, that's all changed. But the fundamentals haven't changed. And so I learned from that. And my next job was at Wonderman, so a big agency on the direct response side. And I've evolved my career to be much more holistic in marketing and advertising, which was a plan. But those fundamentals of understanding who you're talking to, the details behind who you're talking to, what levers you can pull. It's all part of the journey mapping we do right now, which is sort of that core critical component. Now, talking about Canada Post and some of the smart mail stuff, and how are you using that? You've seen that with your clients, and we went from flyers to kind of the evolution today. How are you kind of leveraging some of that technology or, or resources? Yeah, you know, I actually feel like a direct mail's had a bit of a resurgence during the pandemic. I think um, there's lots of unique things that have happened, but home was the base for the last two and a half years. I don't think all marketers are understanding how great of a tool it is to be able to reach people in their place of home when you're kind of have a bit of a sanctuary time to actually connect with them. And it's not right for all things. That's why we have these phones and email and all those sorts. We have lots of choice. But if you really have a, you know, a higher-end product or a more complicated product or something that someone needs to be noodle around, the home is where you can actually get their undivided attention. So, I mean, we use it that way. We also know that the shelf life, landing, and lasting can stay. But it's, again, it's not for everything, and it's definitely not for every customer. So the smart mail is really making sure you're picking the right people for the right offer and the right message and the right product. No, 100%. We used it recently. We were reaching out to law firms. And so the smart mail literally could send to our mailing house every law firm office with a certain staff size, certain regions. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's really the pinpointing. You know, we had a glimpse of it when I started my career. Nothing to the degree that I have now. So that micro hyper-targeting, hyper-niche that we can play with both digitally and now in home is all to our advantage as both marketers and advertisers. That's incredible. And now today, flash forward, tell us about your agency and kind of your staff makeup and how you're managing that. Great. So Fuse Create, we have been around, as you mentioned, been 20 years in January, this coming January in 2023. So it freaks me out when I say 20 years, because it seems like it was just a few years ago. There's two agencies. There's Fuse Create, which is an integrated agency that works on all sorts of sides of the funnel. We're pretty comfortable, both from the conversion side, but also from the brand side and that intersection between I also have a healthcare agency that works specifically in a lot of pharmaceuticals. And so the healthcare is about 20 people. The integrated agency is getting close to 70. Wow. So it's a good-sized agency. Yeah. We'd be considered like a strong, healthy, mid-sized independent in Canada, fiercely independent <laughs> and proudly independent. And the agency, you know, I don't think there's a special sauce in the structure. It's, you know, creative strategy, account service, production, and media. That's the model that I've grown up on. The focus has been far more about the cultural nuances to make sure the agency is thriving today. And for us, the special ingredients for those things to keep Fuse Create strong and healthy is make it creative first and make it people first. And it's funny, our product is the ideas that we serve up to our clients that are there to really push their product and their brands forward 
it's easy to say it's not an easy task to do. And so much of that is all done by the talent of the people that we have. So making sure that they are believing in the product that we're building, believing in the, the, our mandate, which is to really push the boundaries here, but also in an environment that's, you know, fun, vibrant, inclusive, safe. And that's the constant lever as a leader you're playing with to make sure you've got that vibrancy. In office, remote, hybrid, how are you doing that? <laughs> it's, I sat with 15,000 pretty much empty square feet during the pandemic, which would frustrate me to death. And rightfully, let me be clear, I'm not saying we should have been in office. But so what happened, our lease was coming up just surreptitiously at the same time as the pandemic was at its height. And so we actually radically changed. So we went to a much smaller footprint. We bought an office on Hosington, popular street in Toronto, and we we're making it more of a destination collaborative space. So come in for meetings, come in for a bit of break from your home life, come in for planning, a lot of client time, come in and enjoy the rooftop and look at downtown, come in the day you want to go for dinner. We don't really care, but book meetings there. You can also book a desk, but it's much smaller. The intent is get together frequently and regularly for collaborative space, but keep using your house however much you want. So I think there's people in the studio and finance who I don't think they've been in yet. I don't know if they ever will. The account strategy, media, creative teams have been in a lot. Some people are in three days a week. Some people are in once every two weeks. We're keeping it loose like that for now. We're trying to define new patterns, new rituals, I guess is the best way to look at it going forward. I don't know what all those rituals are. I don't claim to have all the answers. I do say that part of it is we're starting now that now that we're past sort of the worst, I believe the worst of the pandemic, we're getting into some of the rituals of maybe team days and team plans so that at least once a week, you're as a team are coming together as a team. Doesn't mean you're not talking all the time or seeing each other all the time. And then also clients, like really pushing the clients to come in or go to them again. I find this distance is great on the sub sides of the business, but our business is grown by sitting in a room and feeding off of each other. And that has to happen both on the client side and on the internal side. And one of the things I love about when you position your brand and even in your email signature, number three agency of the year. Tell me about that. What does that mean to you? Why do you put that in your signature? And and those that don't know what agency of the year is, maybe explain that as well. (laughs) I'm happy with number three. Let me be clear. I'll take number two or number one. But I think part of it is our evolution. Like we started back in the day as more of your sort of what would have been below the line, direct marketing, promotion, uh, shopper, digital type shop. And we've, well, the line's all long gone. For if some people listen to this would even know what below the line, above the line is even about. Um, that's all changed. And so we've evolved our brand. But it took us a while to also evolve the perception in the industry about who we are. And that didn't just happen by time. It took a lot of work on our part hired a top executive creative director, Steve Miller, restructured the team really to be a much more integrated, strong, holistic group, invested heavily in strategy and the insights that go into strategy. Like it's, hey, it's been a three-year journey. Going from more of a marketing-based agency to more of a creative-led agency is not an easy task. And when Strategy Magazine puts out these contests, lots of different awards, one is Agency of the Year Award. And we've never been on the list. And so our first time applying, we got A on the shortlist. And then to make it to number three for a small, small agency was probably one of the most proud, happy, slightly thrown moments of 
a lot of our careers. And the validation truly comes from every day knowing we're doing something, we're feeling like we're hitting it. Our clients are telling us we're doing good work. We're retaining some great talent. That's when you know, and trust me, I've been in the ups and downs. It's not always this way. And so I know we, we're in a good phase, which is amazing. But getting some outside recognition for the hard work, because you know we pivoted a lot of this just before the pandemic and then doubled down during the pandemic, figuring, well, why not use this time to better ourselves and just kept pushing forward, which was a brave step, I would say. So getting that validation was amazing. And I can tell you the party to celebrate it was worth the accolades. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Do you know what they kind of base it on? Or how is it validated? Who's the jury? I don't know the jury. I do know that it's a combination of a bunch of things. So you have to fill out a long form. You have to talk about innovations that you've done, investments you've done, various things that you've done to your business. But it's also based on awards you've submitted and entered. I think there's three categories and zones that sort of feed into it. And I know the reason I think we stood out is definitely wasn't that we redo it. It was that I think we changed so radically for the better in such a short amount of time. Now, those that are hearing about this, what's your encouragement? Should they apply? How many hours does it take? How many staff did you dedicate to this? What does that application look like? The application isn't the killer part of it. It's more, is the timing right? And do you have the right story to tell? Meaning we had been consciously promoting ourselves differently. So I think we had our story down pat about how we've changed and how we've evolved our brand. So I think we had a story to tell at a time that was right for telling. We had won a lot of businesses. We had retained a lot of business. And we had a lot of data going in our favor for it. So I think for me, award shows, we do not run our business to win awards. We run our business to deliver great marketing. Awards are a byproduct. And sometimes we lean into them a bit heavier than others. I would say this one just being a bit different was because of the peer voting and, and also just the fact that it's about the holistic thing, not about one campaign. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You stand in this amazing position with all the brands you work with, kind of your hands in different uh, verticals as well. Is there an overall trend that you're seeing? Like, is there a trend you can sum up or something that you're watching that you're like, wow, I've been at it 20 plus years, you know, from the mailroom to now, what's something that you're like, man, I find this trend so fascinating or interesting? I have a few. I don't know if they fit into buckets, but there's a couple that I'm yeah. seeing. One is there's a tonality shift, and I hope it keeps going. It's, and I never want yeah. to underestimate just what we as a society have been through in the last two plus years. But I'm starting to see humor come back in advertising and marketing again. And a lighter form of humanity coming through again. You know, an example is I don't even drink coffee. I'm not a a Tim's super customer or anything like this, uh, like the brand and everything. But, you know, the Bieber spots, like not even a Bieber fan, but I actually giggle. And I think how they did such a fun job and how he lets himself be this sort of mythical character in such a humorous way. To me, that just is an example of, you know, we're welcoming something that's not so heavy because we've been heavy for the last few years on all sorts of levels. So I I love the humor that's coming back. I see a few other examples. Shreddy's recently did the wheat dispensary on Queen Street in Toronto. And that just made me laugh because I live near Queen West and it is pot dispensary after pot dispensary after pot dispensary and no clue how they're making any money there or not. So just that humor alone made me laugh. So, I mean, that's one. I would say humans want to, we're watching this, but we need to get out and socialize and be connected again. So I love that we're seeing this explosion again of experiences and even in retail, but, you know, people going back to shopping and stuff like this experiences. Mm. Like we did an event recently for air miles and there was lineups like two hours long to do this experience. And people were really nervous. All clients are really nervous. Should we go back into experiential world? And I'm like, of course we should. People are actually craving it. And just to see people so excited about an experience was amazing. So, I mean, those are some things. I would say my one pet peeve trend that I'm still struggling with is I think a lot of people have gone down a bit of a wrong path on purpose. And that doesn't mean I'm not supporter of purpose-led brands. But I think it's what definition of purpose. And I think people are going into also different areas. And I look at it and some brands, it's really hard. Your purpose might be something that's an internal purpose, but it's never going to be something that manifests itself out. But people are getting caught up in this world where they feel like the purpose has to be at the front of their advertising or their push. And I'm like, you know, if you're a paper products like facial tissue or bathroom tissue or whatever, you know, your purpose truly is to keep people clean or keep people like white and various things like this. Like it don't overimagine it that. And I'm watching some brands really try to struggle. They're trying to elevate their bigger purpose. And in banking, for example, like BMO, I'm sure they have a purpose that's along the lines of, you know, the, the financial strength of Canva and the money that they need to make and various other things. But instead they've leaned more towards that lighter 
humor side of things. And they've got that great spokesperson who just brings real life scenarios in yeah. fun ways. That's not purpose driven. That is smart, solid yeah. brand marketing. Hmm. And that's where I'm looking at examples hmm. where I'm like, make sure purpose. If you have a brand that can be purpose driven at the forefront, great. Or if it could be a portion of it, but don't force fit. Yeah. And that's the one thing. I don't know if that's a trend or maybe advice for me that I'm seeing. And tell me about the collective you're a part of. Like, What does that mean for you? And what are some of the things that you guys are up to? And can other people join yeah, that? So as I was saying, we've been fiercely independent for <clears throat> almost 20 years. And I love the independence. I worked at the big shops and to run your own is amazing. But with that comes some complications. First of all, you're a little island on your own. So you don't always have people you can reach out and connect with. And when you're going up against, and we are going up against the big holding company agencies, you know, we don't have naturally because of our size of, you know, 90 people in Toronto, we don't have that. I can tap into a global access network of insights and stuff. And most of that stuff in reality, when it comes mm-hmm. to day-to-day interactions, isn't always needed. But from a size and scale perspective, when you're trying to show credentials, it can be, yeah. you know, a detriment when you're trying to position yourselves. So we belonged to a few other yeah. networks before, but or one other network before, but about Three or four years ago, we joined Worldwide Partners. So it's 75, almost 80, I think, independent agencies. So like-minded agencies from across the world. I think there's four of us now from Canada, probably about 30 from the US, tons from Europe, Asia, and stuff like this. And it's all independent owners or leaders of agencies that come together twice a year minimum in person and then usually a few times virtually. And it's really about the business of the business, the business of agencies. So everything from, you know, mm-hmm. our partner, r our agency in Las Vegas, they represent Las Vegas tourism. So we help them market Las Vegas as a destination to Canadians. So there's business opportunities that we can work together on. That's part mm-hmm. of it. The biggest thing I think we get from it is insights and knowledge. So if I'm working on a banking product or a new cough drop, I can reach out to other countries and say, do you have experience working in this category? And then we share together or say I'm having a talent problem that I need to answer or a finance problem I'm trying to solve. I have a network of people who are, and we don't compete with each other. So you're kind of like way more open to sharing the full details. So it's from both network, it's both from a credentials perspective. There is a lot of market opportunities. A brand will hire you and say, you also need to activate or market this product in six other countries. We'll use the network for that. But a lot of it is peer-to-peer learning yeah your last part of that was can anyone join the joining component is there is a size element about so usually you want to be slightly mid size and then there's also sometimes depends on the market sometimes markets are already full in that category i can say right now you know in some of the more niche areas like healthcare data various things like that there's a lot more capacity room. When it comes to integrated agency, it's really about the market. Do we have representation in those markets? So it's not a only one from each market, but there's a way of trying to manage. We don't have like, you know, six competing agencies from one country. That's, that's really cool. For you, inspiration ideas, where do you go to get those kind of like, man, you know, ideas and, and yeah, just what keeps you going as a creative, as an yeah. agency owner? <laughs> I've always been a bad learner, sorry, traditional. So mm-hmm. I love to read, but my favorite reading is escapism reading, like like fiction or biographies of famous people that have nothing to do with marketing. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always been one of those sort of walk a mile in someone's shoes and you learn. 
uh, do something yourself to learn. So I, I'm more experiential in my learning. So for me, I learn by observing constantly. So I'm a crazy curious person. So, you know, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of endless hours of social media for myself, but I'm constantly looking at what our brand's doing on social media. Yeah. When I shop, I do not shop like a consumer. Yeah. I shop like a marketer. So I'm always watching how are people mm-hmm. managing things on shelves. When I'm at the airport, I'm fixated on patterns of people, what they yeah. do and stuff like this. And I don't didn't train myself to be that way. I think that's just who I am. And surprisingly, I find a lot of the books that people give me, I always read part of it. But I actually learned what resonates more. And there have been a few that I've learned from don't, I don't want to make it sound like don't, but the, I learned most from, you know, walking a mile as best I can in the consumer shoes. Steven, you ready for rapid fire? These are like quick three to five second answers. And we're going to go, we're going to jump right in here. I'm really excited about your answers here. Uh, What was your first ever job? Oh, I was a short order Chef at Canada's Wonderland. I lasted six weeks. I got fired. It was a terrible thing. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Such an early bird. 10 o'clock is like going late. Cat or dog person? Cat will be sh- jumping over my shoulder any minute now, but he's a gateway animal. I do want a dog eventually. Yeah. Nice. That's a great intro. Um, what was the first thing you ever marketed? Oh, Pizza Hut. Nice. I knew all about people's. Amazing. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Milk is the only one. Nice. What was the last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Casey House. So yes. I'm now you introduced it at the beginning. I'm now actually board chair as of last month. Yeah. Um, they just do such amazing work for my community in Toronto and Ontario. And I love the organization, what it stands for. It's a huge heart. You know, for 30 years, been dealing with uh, some really challenging health issues. Yeah. But I also meet amazing people with it. Amazing. Uh, what's a movie that you just love? You can watch over and over and over again. Uh, Billy Elliot. Nice. The movie, not yeah. the musical. I hated the musical. Okay. Good to know. Uh, favorite song or album on repeat right now? Uh, Tears for Fears, The Hurting. Yeah. Now, if you weren't doing this job in another kind of Marvel multiverse, what would you be doing with your life? <laughs> wow. Not that I would qualify, but uh, investigative journalist. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, what's an app on your phone you can't live without? <laughs> I, it's the podcast. Yep. So I now sleep with podcasts. Yeah. I think I've got some really good history ones that help me sleep. So Amazing. Amazing. Favorite children's book? I don't remember them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? The indigenous community in Canada. Okay, right awakening. Much needed awakening. Okay, amazing. What was the best thing you ever bought for under $10? Coke Zero, and I buy a lot of them. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, business or marketing book that you'd recommend? There's a podcast that I listen to, so it's not really a book, but it's uh, it's called Agency Deal Masters. Okay. And I just love, it's not so much about the deal that I like about it, it's really the story about how the agencies have evolved or changed nice. from the owners. That is really cool. Life hack that you'd be willing to share? Life hack. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but people aren't doing it enough. Literally take vacations. Yeah. Like, no. Turn it off, shut it down, and go away. Okay. Do you turn off, like, you autoresponder in your email? Okay. What do people from work who want to text you? How do you deal with that stuff? You know, I'm one of the owners of the business. So I, they know the rules are 
text if it's critical, text me. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. But I shut down the email. They also know my personal email, so if they need to find me, they can. Yeah. But yeah. They, when you set it up properly, there are very few things that happen in a week that I really need to be absolutely yeah. involved yeah. in. And I think people just let that definition keep growing and growing. What I need to be involved in. It's more self-reflective. It's yeah. more your own ego. Yeah. I have a team. They know what they're doing. So shut it down. It's awesome. It's great advice. Skills required for this new economy. What's your advice for you know students, those that want to be marketers by employment? What's your advice? You're in an advantageous position where you totally understand you're beyond digital native. You get the space perfectly. You learn the fundamentals. So if you can navigate this complicated digital world, which is complicated for people from other generations, that's one thing. But the fundamentals of marketing don't radically change when it comes to how do you emotionally connect with the customer, how do you position a product, all those various things. So it's marrying those two things and you will be killer and then never lose your curiosity. If you're not curious about this business and why we do the things we do and why people buy and what makes great creative, you're not probably supposed to be in this business. That's great advice. Where can people follow you? Get a hold of you, kind of hear some of your uh, thoughts and reflections. Yeah, mainly through FuseCreate.com. Yeah. I, I do have a social footprint, but uh, main, and most of it's on LinkedIn. So you can follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. But I've actually scaled down a fair bit. Just that marriage of the two, I push a lot of my brand through the company now. Thank you for your time. This is great. And I'm sure we're going to see you in person, possibly at an upcoming Canada yes. Post conference speaking Definitely. and or read some of your writing in Insight Magazine for the, everyone who subscribes. Great. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. I, lo- I love your idea of the trends piece because I actually quite enjoy being in the office and getting my Insight Magazine because I'm always enthralled by what cover they're going to do know. at that time, whether it was a, a scuba suit or you know a lion or a smell cover that smells like chocolate. Yeah, I love the always. chocolate smell one. That killed me. <laughs> And that was no talk about that. Yes, yes. Well, Stephen, thank you again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Marketing News Canada. And we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.